Welcome to the Executive Coach for Moms podcast, where we support women who are attempting to find balance and joy while simultaneously leading people at work and at home. I'm your host, Leanna Lasky-McGrath, former tech exec turned full-time mom, recovering perfectionist and workaholic, and certified executive coach. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Executive Coach for Moms podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I'm going to be sharing an interview that I did with the amazing Kate Griffin, who is a friend of mine, a mom of three, and vice president of a management consulting firm. I'm really excited to share our conversation because Kate talks about her journey through higher ed and tech. And she shares some of the career pivots that she's made along the way that have been really instrumental in helping to lead her to her current situation, where she has created a wonderful situation for herself and her family. And it's very ideal for her because she's at this company that she loves and she really enjoys her job and the company supports her as a working mom and affords her the space to show up both as the mom that she wants to be and the leader that she wants to be as well. You'll hear about some of her struggles and challenges along the way, but I hope that you'll walk away feeling hopeful, especially if you're in a situation that's not totally ideal, or if you're currently feeling like you're not showing up as the mom or the leader that you want to be, just knowing that it's possible and also that there are companies out there who truly value and support working parents and families. Hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. I am very excited today to have a friend of mine here to talk about her story, and that is Kate Griffin. And we're going to dive into her experience in higher ed and tech as a mom and some pivots that she's made and just hear a little bit about her career and mom story. So welcome, Kate. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, Leanna. Great to be here here today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Maybe can we start off? Can you just kind of tell everybody a little bit about you, where you're at, how many kids you have, you know, what you're doing these days in the world? Yeah. So as Leanna said, my name is Kate Griffin and I am a mom of three. That is my first priority. Uh, So I have a, oh my gosh, an almost 13 year old, which is really, really hard to say because I cannot believe that. I know. (laughs) And then I have twins that are eight. That's a lot. I know. (laughs) (laughs) We often feel outnumbered, but they also (laughs) keep us on our toes and bring us lots of joy. So And then also I work for a management consulting firm. I guess we would consider ourselves a boutique management consulting firm and I'm vice president of delivery services. We work on consulting with SaaS organizations on everything post-sale. Pretty big Mm. part of our business is focused on consulting on all things customer success. And brings me a lot of joy to be able to work with customers on that topic because it's a topic that I'm really passionate about. 
and was where I got started within tech, Mm. was in customer success. Well, wonderful. So I'm really excited to invite you to share your story today. And thank you for being willing to. Maybe we would start out, I would love to just kind of hear about how you started out in your career and, and where you started and what that journey was like. That sounds like a good place to start. You know, sometimes I think about this and it's it seems like so long ago. And I guess it was because I've been in the field now for way more than 10 years. And so sometimes I think back and think of, oh, where did I start? But I started in Mm -hmm. higher ed, just like you, Liana. The jumping point from higher ed to tech really was about my working style, which is I love to work in a place that is fast paced. I like to move from thing to thing to thing. You know, I took one of those personality tests one time and I think it categorized me as a maverick. (laughs) (laughs) So for any Top Gun fans listening to this. So, you know, higher ed is not necessarily the fastest paced Mm -hmm. industry to be in. And I had a connection to a startup in Buffalo, an ed tech startup and long story short, got a role at that company. And that was my first role. I was working with customers and really was the, you know, the place where I started my customer success career is, is I I has stated before. Okay. Awesome. And was it before you transitioned into tech or after you transitioned into tech that you transitioned to motherhood? Yes. I came into tech as a mom. I had my daughter when I was in higher education and gosh, she was probably two, three years old when I got started in tech. Mm -hmm. And it was definitely, I would say, a culture change from higher ed and being a mom to Mm -hmm. moving into tech. You know, the company and the environment I worked with was very young at the time. And I had different priorities Mm -hmm. than a lot of people that I worked with. I, you know, was very productive when I was in the office because I was getting in. I knew my core objectives. I was a high contributor and I wanted to then leave and then come home and Mm. spend time with my family. And I think that was positive in that I very quickly moved into a leadership Mm. position in the company. I think I really struggled to make connections Mm. with people that I worked Mm -hmm. with because of that. And one, because I was so focused, but two, I somewhat compartmentalized that of here is my job and my career. And then I didn't necessarily have great connections with people at work, but I really enjoyed work mm. and the people that I worked with. It just wasn't on mm. a personal mm-hmm. level. Then I had my family life and those two things I always felt, especially in the beginning, was very separated. I think it really had to do with, I didn't have anyone Mm. that I really felt that I could connect with that also was a mom who was going through similar things. Yeah. You know, so I I felt a little bit like an outsider. Yeah. What was that like? Did it impact your work at all? It sounds like no, because you you said you were very efficient and kind of worked your way up into leadership roles. Yeah. That's a great question, Leanna. It didn't affect my productivity or my outputs, right? I moved into a leadership Mm -hmm. position, I would say very quickly. And I really wanted that. And I had noted that I wanted that. But Mm -hmm. I think if I look back my mental health, I don't think I was doing any favors (laughs) in that sense, in that Mm. I wasn't really giving myself a support system. Mm -hmm. Honestly, when I look back at it, I really had no one that I was able to connect with. And Mm. 
the feeling of loneliness comes to mind right now a lot when I think back to those days of just feeling Mm. lonely and not knowing how to connect with people. So I focus a lot on work (laughs) and what I could achieve there because that's what I knew how to do. Yeah. And it sounds like maybe there was a trade-off there, right? Like you had the loneliness for the continued promotion in the kind of productivity But like you said, kind of you weren't always feeling great about it. Yes. And how was it having a two or three-year-old, you said? (laughs) And how was that experience in tech? And it was a pretty small company at the time, right? It was in this kind of startup phase at that point. Yes. I don't know if they would have considered themselves a startup at that time, but it was on maybe just post even that phase. Still very small, still growing rapidly, faster than we could keep up with. And I think the struggle was a lot around this balance between these two these two personas of work Kate and leader Kate and what I was trying to accomplish there and then mm-hmm. mom and family and even though I didn't say this to people so there may be people who listen to this and are like I never knew that well I never really talked about it because I never really felt like I had the space to talk about it of having that connection. So of course, I think that bled into Mm. motherhood and all that comes with that of just trying to balance and being able to stay focused with her and have moments with her that I wanted to have. I know in one of your, your previous podcasts, you talk about having the choice to be able to stay at home, you know, it was not something that was in the realm for us. But also, as I said, like I am a very driven productivity focused person. I knew that I, Mm. even if it was an option, I think I still would have opted into something. Mm -hmm. So I can't say that I didn't like what I was doing. I actually really, really liked it. But the disconnect between the two was a struggle. Mm -hmm. So then a few years later, it sounds like you added some twins to your life. Oh my gosh, I know. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Yes. So in my journey in tech and into a leadership position within a customer success team, Mm -hmm. we knew that we wanted to have more kids and we were faced with the challenge of not being able to get pregnant again and not having a reason why. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm saying this out loud, maybe it was something to do with what I just noted, but (laughs) Uh, this is like a therapy session, Leanna. (laughs) So we were unable to get pregnant and it, it was a struggle too at that time, because again, I didn't have anyone that was going through the same life phases as Mm -hmm. I was. Mm. And so there wasn't anyone there really for me to talk to. Of course, I have friends, a few of them that are still dear friends today that I talk to anyways, Mm -hmm. even though they weren't going through it, but they were great friends and wonderful to be able to be an ear and somebody I could lean on. But we ended up getting to the point where we decided to do IVF and we went through, it was successful. And a fun story is that when we... Knew that it was successful. We were Mm -hmm. obviously very happy. And 
then we knew that we had the possibility of having twins. When we had our first appointment for them to check everything out, they said there was one, you know, successful pregnancy. So obviously that's not the end of the story. (laughs) So (laughs) I went back, you know, three or four weeks later to find out surprised to myself that there actually was two heartbeats. Wow. So it was a bit of a shock being told that you're having one and then finding out mm-hmm. four weeks later that it's actually two yeah. was just a little bit of whiplash, but they are two beautiful human beings today. And I couldn't imagine our life without them. And really that was a one, a big moment for our family. And I was so happy to be having twins and Mm -hmm. so thankful for that. And my daughter was excited to be a big sister and all the things. Mm -hmm. When I, very early on in my pregnancy, I had uh, a little bit of a scare. And at that point, maybe I was 13 or 14 weeks. And Mm -hmm. my doctor said, at the time I was, I was traveling for work. And so they said, you know, you probably shouldn't travel just to be safe. And travel was taken off the table fairly early. And Mm -hmm. I bring that up because of what I just said before of like one way I was able to make connections was I feel like trying to be very productive and I was managing a team at that time. And so I wanted to be a high contributor as well and make sure that they felt like they had what they needed. Mm -hmm. But now I wasn't traveling. And so something that made me feel connected to people was this way to contribute by getting on the road Mm. and going and visiting customers. And I had a lot of relief when I didn't have to travel. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. But also struggled a little bit just finding this new identity that was non-traveling Kate and Mm. what this meant and And would there be, you know, dealing with, would there be any stigmatism around that? Nobody ever said anything negative to me about it, but it also just wasn't really talked about, Mm -hmm. which almost can be a negative thing in itself. Did you feel like it was a negative thing? I think early on when I, you know, said that I couldn't travel, Mm -hmm. it was like, okay. And that was it. (laughs) You know, there wasn't any real warm, fuzzy, let's talk about it. How are you feeling about it? You know, and no processing that happened, that that was it. And so that's why I say, I think I felt a little conflicted with it of there was just no response to it. Mm, Gotcha. So you're a mom already and now you're pregnant with twins. How was that experience for you in terms of being pregnant at a startup and navigating maternity leave? It was not the most supportive experience of really thinking Mm -hmm. about you as a mom and you're about to go through this very big adventure. Your body is about to go through a lot and thinking about how best can we support you to make sure you as an individual, as a human being, your physical, your mental, your well-being is all taken care of. Mm. It was very sterile. Mm. And it's it's unfortunate. I mean, I think it's a little bit about the country that we live in, right? And the lack of support in general that's out there. Mm -hmm. But at the time, even today, I think there's been some forward momentum from when that happened. But it was very sterile and just... 
here's what you will get. Here's the amount you will get every week. And this is when you need to tell us you're coming back. Mm. And that was it. So mm-hmm. when I went on maternity leave, it was, and I, I carried the twins to 39 weeks. Wow. So I <laughs> waddled into the office. <laughs> <laughs> Did you work up to that point? Yep. Yep. I worked up to uh-huh. the day before yeah. I had them. Wow. I know. I can still feel the pain of carrying those twins <laughs> and going into the office. It was 11 pounds of baby that I was carrying. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, I worked up till the day. Um, and when I went out, I did not think about work at all. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Having twins is could be its own podcast show in itself. <laughs> and nursing twins and all that goes into that. So I was figuring out a lot. We were figuring out a lot, routines and nursing and having a five or six-year-old at the time on top of that. So there was a lot to juggle. So there was no room in my brain to think about work when I was out. It was a little jarring, you know, to get the email of basically it's time time for you to come back. Mm. Uh, I can't remember what exactly what it was, but I remember some sort of communication, you know, of it's time, this is going to be the day that I'm going to go back. Mm. And I, you know, got all dressed up that day and And my husband took my first day back to work photo and Mm. with tears in my eyes to to go back. Mm -hmm. Uh, At the time, I had a really wonderful team and they walked into my office and they had pictures of the twins all on a bulletin board on my desk and they had food and it was really, really sweet. So I felt very supported in that moment. It was like a core memory from that time that I can remember walking in and seeing all of that. So it sounds like there was not that kind of emotional or holistic support from the company, but a little bit more of that emotional support from your team. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And my manager at the time is as well. You know, I had these pockets of support, but it never felt like it was as a company, something that was valued Mm. from a broader sense of as a company, this is our mission and this is how we want our employees to feel. Mm. And that always trickled down. Obviously, throughout my journey of what I've shared so far, trickled in here or there and was really missing. Yeah. And seems to be in in many companies, right? And I think I'm pretty sure your company was a male-owned company and kind of majority male leadership, right? I wonder if there were more women in leadership in the company or, or female owners, if maybe that would be a little bit different. Yeah, maybe. It's one of those things that you can reflect on it and say, maybe if this had changed or if mm-hmm. this was that way, it would have been different, but yeah. it was what I experienced at the time. Yeah. And when you kind of reflect on your experience in tech through your pregnancy and your maternity leave and your return to work, Versus that experience in higher ed, you know, your first pregnancy and your first maternity leave, was it similar? Was it similar experiences or was it totally different? (laughs) What was it like for you? It was definitely very, very different. Mm. When I came back after having the twins, it was jumping and let's go. Here's all of the crazy things that have happened in the Mm. 13 weeks that you have been gone, which was how long I was able to be off for with the twins, which also is a crazy thing to think about mm-hmm. of how mm-hmm. much your body has just gone through and being back to work after 13 weeks. Yeah. And it was back and in jumping into it. Mm. In my experience in higher ed, it was 
talking more about like, how are you doing and what are you going through? And I worked with some women and they always had great stories that I connected with Mm -hmm. and share advice. And it just, I eased into it definitely more than I felt like I did with the second pregnancy. Yeah, that makes sense. I've only had the experience in the tech world, but obviously having worked in higher ed, I've seen other people have that experience Mm -hmm. in higher ed. So that's interesting. So you've returned to work after you have the twins. Mm -hmm. You've talked about kind of your team supporting you back, you know, but it feeling kind of just get back to work from the company. What's that, you know, period like for you as a mom of now three and having a, having infant twins and a five or six year old and being in a leadership role all at the same time? Yeah. From my career standpoint, I should say it was a very low point and Mm. I learned a lot and I gained a lot of experience from, from that, but reflecting back on it, it was some really sad days, some really hard moments that I wouldn't want to put anyone through, but I'm able to now reflect back on it and understand what were my takeaways from those experiences. Mm -hmm. And it was challenging of, I talked about like tech can, especially in customer success, it can be very erratic. At that point, we did not have a very proactive strategy in working with customers. So it was very reactive in that Mm -hmm. as a leader in a CS organization, I was always managing fires. So it was very stressful from the work side of it. I also was going through some health things at the time. And I come to find out what we think is the reason why I couldn't get pregnant. I had developed uh, cysts and I ended up having surgery to remove one of my ovaries. And I then was diagnosed with endometriosis. Mm. I actually ended up having two surgeries. So you think about like my physical health was not going great. Mm -hmm. My mental health at work was a lot of low points at work that were really, really challenging. Mm -hmm. But from a motherhood perspective, you know, I was, I was really, really enjoying my time with the three kids. Of course Mm. there were challenges. I'm not making this like rainbow and sunshines. Everything was perfect. It was, Mm -hmm. I always tried to put them first and prioritize that time with them because I knew I Mm -hmm. wouldn't get it back. So there was Mm -hmm. moments at work where people would want to go out for drinks after, or there was people in town that wanted to go have dinner. I was like, I don't want to go have dinner. I don't want to have good drinks. I just want to go home. Mm-hmm. And that really just started to kind of build up. Mm-hmm. So what I'll say is my ending point in this position in, in customer success in that I got to a point where I did not enjoy my work. And I got into this loving it. I really liked the environment. I mm-hmm. loved working with customers. I felt passionate about our mission. And there was a point where I felt negative about our culture. I didn't enjoy the work. While I was still good at it, Mm. like I was still performing, I had so many moments of negativity around it that it was starting to bring down Mm. other aspects of my life, of me coming home and just being stressed or not wanting to do anything and you know, worrying about things at work that really started to take a toll on me. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to this point where I I was crying in meetings because mm-hmm. I was so 
passionate, but also upset at things. And to me, that was my breaking point of, Mm. you know, getting to the point where you're so emotional for somebody who would never do that before. I had to say to myself, like something has to change. And that was really Mm -hmm. hard for me to come to the conclusion on because I felt like I put so much time and investment into this company, into this role, but I also felt like I was at such a blocker. I could not get around this. What do you think, like why? What what brought you to that yeah. blocker? I think that it really was, when I think back to what's the core right, of that, what's the root cause of, of that feeling? Mm-hmm. I think it was a lot about, you know, the path that I was on was always a little bit negative. There was always a little bit of a cloud that was over me as I continued to move into these leadership roles. And that coupled with the erratic ups and downs that our company was going through and a lack of support, I felt like Mm -hmm. for me was probably the main three things that got me to this point. And we went through some major organizational changes. Mm -hmm. We had some acquisitions, but we also had some pretty big shakeups within our org. And it was one of the final shakeups that was my straw to say, I actually just can't be successful in this role anymore. I can't contribute. I can't contribute with this mindset. It's not doing any favors for my family and for my children, the time that I want to be able to focus on them. So I knew that something had to change. Mm -hmm. And so I took a pivot, which at the time Mm -hmm. that pivot, I was questioning it because Hmm. some may say it was a step back. It was no longer in a CS leadership position. It was moving in a completely different department in operations and to reporting to a different C-suite leader and different set of responsibilities. But it had a lot of things that I enjoyed, which was the operational aspects of our work within CS was always lacking. We never had a team that was focused on that or doing that. And Mm -hmm. for me, I was like, "Hmm, well, maybe this is an opportunity to flex these skills and I can take a step back and I can just breathe. Mm -hmm. So I knew that it was where I needed to go or I knew that I needed to change something at that point. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm curious. So you you felt like I need to change something. Why that? Like, why not another company? Why not another role within this company? I had a really great connection to one of the leaders of the company who was a woman in a leadership position. And we had a few conversations about what could a path look like of mm-hmm. noting like they didn't want me to leave, but I also couldn't stay where I was at and talking through some options, which was really helpful. And I'm really thankful to that individual in the conversations that we had at that time. And I knew that for me, it was an opportunity to quickly step out and into something different. Mm -hmm. But I knew that there would be challenges with that because I was still in the same company. I was still was going to have some of those same values. But a moment for me to pivot, move in a different direction, and then look at, well, well, what could this path look like for me? Because at the time, I was saying to myself, I don't know if I ever will take a leadership role in customer success. Hmm. I would not say that today. I would not say that today. But in that moment, that's all I knew was this 
to me was a very negative experience, mm-hmm. right? From my point of view, I learned a ton. And of course, I had so many great connections with people and customers. You know, there were aspects of it that didn't end that weren't where I wanted them to be. So that pivot ended up being really, really positive for me. Mm. I didn't expect it to be that positive and that it gave me the opportunity to breathe and to focus on the things that I wanted to focus on and then to figure out what's the next step? Where do I want to go? So Mm. when I was in that leadership position in CS, it was like there were so many clouds in front of me that I couldn't even see straight. And so stepping Mm. to the side and being able to then get rid of those clouds to say, well, what what are my skill sets? What do I actually enjoy doing? And really going back to the root of what is the type of work I like doing? What I really would want to make an impact on. Yeah. And so I was in that role. We ended up going through a merger at the time as well. So I probably was only in that original ops role for maybe nine months, but I felt Mm. like it made a very big impact across the entire organization Mm -hmm. and then shifted into a new role in the merger, which, you know, happens. (laughs) (laughs) And, and then it really, you know, it was, you know, one day of, all right, Mm -hmm. I'm ready for the next step. And where, where am I going to go from here? So even my tone of when I, how I said that is different because it really felt that different. I think that if I would have shifted to a new company Mm -hmm. at that point where I was in a very low place to a new leadership position, I would have still had those clouds in front of me. Mm -hmm. So having the break to me was so beneficial, have long-term success Mm -hmm. in my career. And anyone who's going through something like that today, you know, I would encourage you that while it may feel awkward to say, I should be going up, Mm. go right, go left, go backwards. Like you never know what those paths will lead to. And I'm on a great path and I've had a lot of success post that. So it it ended really well for me. Well, it hasn't ended, (laughs) still going, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm in a really great place and really, really happy with that decision. Yeah. So you kind of took a step away from leadership. Yes. <laughs> yes. Cause I was not managing a team and, and mm-hmm. cause I had a very big team at that time. So I wasn't managing mm-hmm. people. So people management, you know, that can be draining, right? Can be very draining. Especially if you don't feel set up for success by the organization. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, you know, that, It was just an individual contributor role, but working cross-functionally across the company. Mm -hmm. And it really allowed me to leverage some skills that I wasn't using before that, you know, I was able to say, wow, I really enjoy doing this. Or I really enjoy thinking Mm -hmm. in this way that I wasn't doing before, probably because I was managing a lot of fires. And, uh, you know, I couldn't, again, see through that. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard when you just every day, people just keep bringing you fires and you just feel like, ah, (laughs) I just want one day to think. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So then when you transitioned out of that kind of operations role, you went to now this new role in this new company in management consulting. Is that right? Or was there any, were there any steps in between that? Nope. That was it. And actually when I was interviewing for companies, I had one company that I actually had two offers, one for this Mm -hmm. management consulting firm and one for a, another SaaS organization. It was a customer success leadership position. So, you know, I was thinking about that again and there was something about 
And I always joke with him now of, I don't know why, but I just felt really comfortable in my conversation with you in our interview Mm -hmm. and felt like, I think that this is the place for me. Like, I think that this is where I want to go to. One, I knew it was a very small company and given what I had just gone through and all of the acquisitions and mergers Mm. and all of that stuff, I just wasn't ready to go into that space again. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is a small company. I love being nimble and quick and flexible. And Mm -hmm. I think I'll be able to get a lot of, you know, a lot of exposure to that, or that will be a lot of the environment. And I had really great conversations with the leadership team. One thing to note too, is that in both of those interviews, so one company, the, the person that I would have reported to was a female. Uh, She had twins Mm -hmm. and we felt so, I felt so connected to her. And then in this other company, it was two men Mm -hmm. who had a long-term history in tech. And I felt my conversations with both of them were so great. Mm. And I felt a strong connection and I could tell just the way that they spoke about how they wanted to create a culture and, you know, be able to have a balance between family and work and enjoy Mm. what you're doing. They were very passionate about that and they definitely sold me on it. And it is very true to what I'm experiencing today because I now have been there for over two years. But I wanted to note that too, that because you brought up about like being like seeing like a woman leader, Mm -hmm. having somebody to connect with and... I do think that there is something about being able to connect as women, Mm -hmm. but I also think that there is the ability for us to connect with a male leader, right? And be able to feel that support. And they really are doing a wonderful job of creating this space for that to happen. Mm -hmm. That's amazing to hear. I think that was something that when I decided to go back into tech after taking my break from tech, it was similar. I, I went and my boss was male right? A CEO. And he was very much like, I was five months pregnant at the time. So he said, you know, you're, you're going to have this other startup and we want to support you in that. And so I agree. I think it's not necessarily a requirement that it's a woman because there are plenty of women leaders who don't necessarily, um, have that same mindset or mentality about having a good balance and family being more important than work and that kind of thing. Right. And so, yeah, I think that makes total sense. And that's really interesting that you had almost like you an opportunity to work for a very similar situation and, and you chose this one and it sounds like it's worked out really well for you. Yes. 100%. And you mentioned before about the operations role being kind of key to your success on this journey, right. And being able to pivot to this new role and not carrying those clouds with you. I'm curious if you can just talk a little bit more about that and how that opened up more space for you and what you learned from that experience. Because I think you're right. I think it's sometimes we think we have to move forward and up and up and up the corporate ladder. But I think sometimes those journeys aren't always linear, 
right? And we don't just go up, 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 up. Sometimes we have to step down or step sideways. And I think especially for working moms, that's more common, right? Where we might take a sidestep or a career pause. And so I guess, you know, to anyone who's considering that or has been through that, or maybe is feeling living in those clouds and is trying to figure out what to do next, I'm just curious kind of what you learned from that or what you might share there. Yeah. I think taking the time to think Mm -hmm. before you react, to be able to take time before you decide is so powerful. That's a Mm. practice I preach in our work today. Take time to think before you respond, before you try to figure out this problem, take a walk because it it really can do a lot for your ability to reset and see things with clarity. Now, I wasn't like I just took an hour to think about that. I, <laughs> I clearly took months to to think about that, but it allowed me to reset and reshift. Like, what do I value and what do I want to be focused on? And I knew that mm. I wanted to be mom first. I wanted to be able to pick up the kids from their activities at the end of the day and not be rushing home. I wanted to be able to be present and find things to be able to connect with them. And when I think in my role before that, I struggled with that quite a bit. And I think it's because my brain just couldn't slow down to think about those things because I was always Mm. thinking about work and the escalations and the team and the direction and the strategy, Mm -hmm. all of this stuff. So my brain was too full of that stuff to be able to really weed it out and focus on the things that I wanted to focus on. Mm -hmm. And then two, as I said in the beginning of this podcast, like I still really value work and my contributions in this space. So it allowed me to take the time to find what those things were Mm. and what type of work I really wanted to focus on. And then going into the interview process with, I know that these are the things I value. So I'm not in a rush to jump into like jump into a position. Mm -hmm. And so I can take my time to find the role that's right for me. Mm -hmm. And Clearly, I, I've done that, but I have this great example. One of my daughter, one of the twins, when I made this change and then started working from home, because it, it is our uh, all remote company. And so I work from home every day. And one day we sat down at the dinner table and she was like, Mom, remember when you used to like rush in and would sit down? You'd always be late for dinner. I was like, I do remember those days. And I didn't like those days. I always felt rushed and stressed. And I was thinking about the last email or the phone call I had in the car on the way home just to be able to sit down at the table with them. And that's Mm -hmm. not the case. Today, I shut my laptop and I walk into the kitchen and we focus on the things we want to focus on, right? Yeah. I also feel like... I just turned 40 and just the confidence and the ability to navigate all these things is much easier than it was in my late 20s and early 30s when Mm I first had the kids. So I have no problems walking away from my 
my inbox with emails in it. I have no problem shutting my laptop, even though I know I have something I need to do next. So Mm -hmm. there's also something to be said there. Do you think that that is simply related to age or what allows you to be able to do that? I do think it is a little bit in the the makeup of you as an individual. And (laughs) I will say I am somebody who I look at my list and I will say, all right, there's the most important thing. The other things are Mm -hmm. the rubber balls that can drop and bounce a little bit. Mm. This one's glass. I I can't drop it, right? Mm -hmm. And so I do feel like I have a pretty good strategy of prioritizing, focusing on the thing that needs to focus on. And the other things will have to wait because Mm. we're all human and you can't accomplish everything that is on your list. Hmm. So I will say, I think it's a little bit about your skill set in, I don't know if it's DNA or what you would call it, but hmm. your, you as, a, as an individual, that's one thing. I think it's life experience. And I think it's also the things that you have around you, your environment, your family, Mm. your physical environment, your work environment, your colleagues. And Mm -hmm. clearly, you know, it's night and day for me of my first experience in tech to what I'm experiencing now. So I can't say it's all about age and experience. I think those others factor into it quite a bit as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that supportive environment is really crucial, right? Because then you don't feel guilty about it. I think as women, a lot of times we feel like we're letting someone down. If we shut our laptop at five o'clock and, you know, maybe there's more that we could have done. Did we do enough? Are we enough? You know, and, and so whenever we have kind of where the expectation from the leadership of an organization is that, no, like that's not your first priority. And if you're going to let someone down, it shouldn't be yourself and your family. Right. Then, you know, I think that that probably for, for me adds a lot as well. Yeah. 100%. All right. Well, it was so fun to learn more about you and learn about those different points of your story, because obviously, you know, different people, including myself, come in at different points in in our journeys. And so I've seen parts of it along the way. And so it was fun to kind of hear hear about your whole journey. So thank you so much for sharing. I know that a lot of other people listening to the podcast are going to relate to your story so much. And it's just really helpful to kind of hear about what other people are going through. And also, I think maybe a bit of hope for people who are in positions where they're not feeling successful or they're not feeling like there's a cultural values alignment, it's nice to know that there are companies out there that where that is available and possible. Yeah. So thank you. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Executive Coach for Moms podcast. Please like, subscribe, or follow the show so you'll be notified when the next episode is available. I hope you'll join me again next time. Take care.